Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? Going well, Nick. How are you? I'm doing just great. Good. I've seen one movie this week, and and I was in the middle of watching another one when we decided to do this show, so it doesn't quite count yet. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cliffhanger for next week. Yep. Um, I saw one movie this week, too. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you which one I saw. I saw, okay. I saw Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah? Had you seen it before? No, this is the first time. Oh, awesome. I watched Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Good grief, man. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll start with that, because, because I've seen Snowpiercer, and we can spoil the hell out of it. So, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2019, directed by Jake Castarena. It's based on a comic book series by the same name. And uh, I got to say, this movie was pretty good. It was, uh, it was charming. It wasn't great, huh. but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Um, a, a lot of the stuff that I really liked was Michelangelo related of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was pretty damn funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, I liked this movie. Uh, hmm. it was, it was, it was charming up until when the Joker shows up because, and then it's like, oh great, the Joker's here. And then, and then, uh, does he not fit? He does not fit. And he turns into a giant snake monster. What? And yeah, yeah, the movie gets a little ridiculous. And uh, in full disclosure, I watched this movie after waking up at one o'clock in the morning one night. And uh, I was like, I can't get back to sleep. I guess I'll watch this movie. And uh, I don't really remember a lot of it. And uh, so something like I was this like, going to be a great review. <laughs> yeah. So like I was like flipping through it and uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember all this stuff. So uh, the one complaint that I do have is that the Ninja Turtles look like they're stick figures. Like they're just drawn with the least amount of detail possible. Huh. And uh, it's pretty distracting, especially Donatello. Like they're the like my Ninja Turtles are the ones from the early 90s where they're where they all look exactly the same, except that they have different colored headbands. Right. And um, these Ninja Turtles like Raphael's like the big bulky guy. Michelangelo is like kind of slim and Leonardo is kind of bulky, but Donatello is like this slim stick figure with no expression on his face at all. He like is almost terrifying to look at. Like I'm looking at his picture right now and I'm like, you're kind of scary to look at. Um, And and that's saying something for a giant mutant turtle. And uh, (laughs) so that's, that's one complaint that I have about the movie, but, but, but otherwise, especially compared to some of those other DC animated movies that I've watched, this one was totally fine. Uh, It was fun. Um, Basically the plot is, Rachel Ghoul is working with the Shredder, uh-huh. and um, I don't know. They're trying to find some sort of ooze to like transform things. I don't know. I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, like the Penguin is involved, and and then the Penguin is is fighting with the Ninja Turtles, and Michelangelo is like constantly impressed that the Penguin has an umbrella for everything. 
which is hysterical. Like at some point he's got an umbrella that's a gun and he's like, he's got an umbrella gun. That's amazing. And then uh, he's got like an umbrella helicopter or whatever. All the all the cliche penguin things. Yeah. And uh, Michelangelo is just like blown away by every one of them. Uh, and then and then they meet up with Batman. And instead of instead of having like a hey Batman, um, we're the Ninja Turtles. We're we're in Gotham City investigating a crime. They just decide to fight for a while, and. Uh, because that's a, it's a comic book movie, so you have to have your heroes fight each other. Right, of course. And uh, at one point, Michelangelo gets knocked through a pizza, a wall of a pizza place, and he yeah, stands... That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, like, stands up, and everyone is looking at him, and he's like, you guys got to get out of here. There's a giant bat monster who's attacking people. <laughs> And all the people, all the people are like scared to death of this giant turtle. And as they're running away, Michelangelo's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty scared too." And then he just picks up a slice of pizza off the floor and just starts eating it blindly. Like he just starts chewing on it. <laughs> like he can't control himself at all. Yeah, well, uh, he's a party dude. Yeah, uh, it's utterly charming. Uh, is the best is the best thing I can say about it. It's it's pretty fun. Is you d- is the Batman softened up at all? Uh, I, I will say at one point the Batman does say "Cowabunga." Ironically, nope. Now he's he's really excited. Well, he's like, like at the end they have like a pizza party, and he's like "Cowabunga." Okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> like. Like he's humoring them, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, like the end of uh, the animated series cartoon where he said he says like "Merry Christmas" to everybody at the the, the in the episode where uh, um, Robin wants to watch "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh, I right. guess I yeah, could just yeah. call it the Christmas episode. <laughs> um, and I don't know. At the end, he said something corny about. Oh, I think I think he um, Robin says it's a wonderful life, and Bruce Wayne is like, "Yes, it is." And you're like, "All right, that was that was weird." <laughs> <laughs> My parents are still dead. <laughs> As we watch TV under their portrait, but if he was like. Cowabunga! Like he was really excited about stuff that was going on. That would throw me off way more. Oh yeah, now he he's just kind of like cowabunga. Yeah, like all right then, fine. Here's and the guy. Here's my exception to the rule. The guy who is the voice of Batman is Troy. I want to say Troy Baker, who's one of the better ones. Yeah, oh. Troy Baker, and he's also the voice of the Joker, uh, which That's I did not know point. until I looked at this. Um, I, I imagine he switches it up a bit. He's not, he's not just like, hey, Joker. <laughs> hey, Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when the Joker shows up, the movie gets a little ridiculous. You're like, there's way too many villains in this now. Does this movie uh, take place in Gotham? It does. Okay. Yeah. And um, at some point, they reference Splinter. Uh, like, at one point, Batman is fighting the Shredder, and... Like the first time they meet, Batman kind of gets his ass kicked, and then the second time they meet, Batman kicks the Shredder's ass. 
But then at some point, and this is a little off topic, but like the turtles refer to Master Splinter and Batman's like, who? And he's like, oh, he's the rat that trained us. And he's and Batman's just kind of like, oh, okay, makes sense to me. How is that off topic? <laughs> I don't I don't know where I was going when I when I went to that. <laughs> I think you were trying to tell that story. Oh, okay. On topic. <laughs> um Oh man, I had a question. It's gone. Oh no. Are you are you assembling a table over there? Uh I am playing with a piece of metal on metal. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, fidgeting. Uh, I'll get you a spinner. <laughs> um, oh, man, I did really have a question. I don't remember what it was. That's too bad. Uh, One thing I kept expecting to show up would be... Um, Baxter Stockman. Oh, no. Baxter Stockman is a huge part of this movie. He's he's Baxter the Fly, uh-huh. and like he's already the Fly, but like he he keeps getting confused as to whether or not he's a hostage or if he's part of the bad guy's team. What? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, cause he's working for shredder. Yeah. But like, but like when he makes, but like he wants to leave, but he's not allowed to. So he's like, I don't know if I'm here on my own or if I'm a hostage, I, I'm really confused about my role with this organization. <laughs> and, uh, and that's pretty funny. Um, Bebop and Rocksteady are not in this movie, although like there's like four or five moments when you think they're going to show up, but they uh-huh. never do. Uh, I also thought that Krang was going to show up, but he never does either. But um, this is also based off of like the comic book Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and I'm not really familiar with the comic book like Ninja Turtles. Like the only Ninja Turtles that I know are the '90s cartoon ones. Yeah. So if it's if it's not them, then that's out of my canon for for them yeah i only ever Uh, read one comic with uh the comic ninja turtles oh yeah yeah it was a crossover too between the the ninja turtles and savage dragon so it's pretty 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 dark oh i never read savage dragon oh in the uh whatever i had it was two issues and one, one side was just a sort of spoof thing that was like um kind of like a here's a one-off jokey savage dragon thing and he got his head blown off in it he's got this fin that goes across like the top of his head and Uh he was diving over a police car and then his head explodes and the fin just keeps going okay (laughs) (laughs) so you know pretty dark all right sorry keep going is that how the story ended uh, you know, I don't really remember. This is, uh, <laughs> I think I got this when I was like 13. Well, I think that's about all I have to say about this movie. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's got Robin and it's the Damian Wayne Robin, which, which oh, I always God. find kind of obnoxious. Like, I guess he's just Robin now. Yeah. Like, I guess so. like, like, I don't know where Tim Drake went, but I guess he's just gone. Um, but Batgirl is also in this movie, and they're both fine. Like, Wait, Tim, didn't didn't Tim Drake become Red Robin? Yeah, but he's never in any of these movies, huh? That's like they have uh, they have the like Red Tim Hood Drake. show up every. I did too. So like the the Damian Wayne Robin shows up, and he's like a dick at first to the Ninja Turtles, but like he slowly warms up to them, and that's kind of heartwarming. Where you're like, oh, okay, he's just a little kid sometimes. So uh, there's that. 
And All Batgirl right. is there for some reason. Alfred's also involved. Well, in otherwise, point. it's just a big old sausage fest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn is in it, too, and she turns into some monster, but I can't remember what kind. Does but she the part in this one? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. And she doesn't do it multiple times. Although, while Batman versus Harley Quinn is my lowest rated movie on my movie rankings list, uh-huh. when Batman says that her fart smells like discipline, that's still pretty funny. Until she does it again. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. The end. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I'll check that one out. Eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be sometime. It's actually a, a... I feel like there's a lot in the theater right now that I want to see. But uh, Yeah, I, ex- I expected that you would, would have already seen the Godzilla movie. Uh, I have plans to see that with uh, a couple friends on, let's see, I think this Friday. So, like, not today, <laughs> but the following today. Uh-huh. Next week's today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Ma. And uh, I feel like there was something that just, oh, I do not want to see Dark Phoenix. I actually was just bringing this up earlier to see how many things were actually out that I'm behind on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to see rocket man and I'm not going to see Aladdin. I've seen Aladdin. Did you? Well, yeah, it was a cartoon. No idiot. The new one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to see detective Pokemon or Pokemon detective Pikachu. Yeah, we still might go see that if it's like a rainy day or something and I'm and I'm off from work. Yeah, that sounds like a rainy day type of thing. Uh I've heard nothing but good things about it though. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll end up seeing it at some point. But it's, but I have no interest in Pokémon at all. So like I, it's not <laughs> like I'm That's that's the drawback for me too actually. I like I I the previews have gotten better. Um, and have gotten me interested a little bit in kind of the humor side of it. But then I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't feel like dealing with all the Pokemon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I guess we could move on to uh Snowpiercer, eh? All right. All right. So <laughs> I guess it makes sense that I would tell you about it. Um, so the plot of Snowpiercer um, is that there's been some sort of like snow apocalypse, you know, um, ice age type thing going on. And everyone who's left on the planet is living on this really long train that goes around the world on an endless loop. Um, there's a sort of social class system and pretty much immediately you, you figure out that, you know, the back of the train sucks that's where all the poor people are and then throughout the movie you're moving towards the front of the train and so you 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 figure out pretty early on that it's like okay the further you go up the train the further you're going to go up in class and you don't know at the beginning that that means that the train's going to get more extravagant and lush and stuff but there's a little bit of a Based on the clothing of the people who come to the back and speak for the power, um, you can tell that it's 
going to be nicer. Uh-huh. But throughout the movie, it gets really revealed just how ridiculous that gets. Um, and, uh, and, and I guess I could leave there. I mean, like the, the, the way you're following this from the back to the front is that there's a revolt led by, uh, Chris Evans. And that may be the first time that I've actually remembered his name without having to go through all the Chris's first. So I'm like, it's not Chris <laughs> Pratt. It's not Chris Pine. It's not Chris Hemsworth. It's the other one. <laughs> um, and I kind of like Chris Evans. You know, I liked him as, as Captain America um, once he kind of grew on me. Um, and he's doing a fine job in this. But he's he's kind of leading the revolt up towards the front of the train. Um, and on one hand, it's it doesn't go smoothly. But on the other hand, it just it keeps happening. And there's not really any point at which he's... I don't know. Other people die, but it's not like he's, it seems like he's going to get stopped. So the tone's a little strange in that, but the tone of this whole movie is very strange. Like this movie is dark, but it's also ridiculous. And there's, there's a sort of tongue in cheek quality to it. Um, and it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like the fifth element where I'm like, Oh, I'm really enjoying this. And I don't think I should be. <laughs> I I, 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 it's so strange and, and it, it seemingly disorganized in tone, but it but it's it, it's either like an accidental success or some sort of like masterwork. <laughs> Aside from the effects, the 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 CGI in this movie is but like it's it's just terrible. The train looks like crap. The well, I guess that's mostly it. <laughs> like that's what that's what the special effects are. Is just the outside of this train when you see it, and it just it looks like a silver bullet commercial. Uh, I think that's Coors, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it looks like that. Um, but that you know, those are my initial thoughts. And since we're doing a deeper dive on this, why don't we take a second to see what Nick thinks? I love this movie. Uh-huh. I thought it was great. Um, so I guess at this point we'll get into spoilers. Yeah, I think uh, we can do that. So if you haven't seen Snowpiercer, it's a definite check it out. Um, yeah, I recommend it too. It's crazy violent, but a lot of fun. I, I think this movie's great. Like, uh, It's basically uh, – did you ever see The Raid? No, I haven't seen The Raid, um, but I've, I've been meaning to because I keep hearing that it's like the best – action sequence turned into a movie uh yeah it's pretty good yeah um the raid's pretty good i mean it's basically the plot of the raid is um is a 30-story building and these cops go in it uh, and it's full of drug dealers these cops go in it and they run out of ammo by the fifth floor and so they gotta make their way up to the top floor and uh, that's basically what this movie is, too, is that, like, like you start off at the back of the train and you got to make your way all the way to the front. And it doesn't really matter. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I loved, like, every second of it. Even when it got crazy dark, like, like when Chris, Chris Evans starts talking about eating babies. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's amazing. <laughs> that's... that's 
That's incredible. Well, and I don't know if it's if it's his acting or if it's the way it's supposed to come off, but I feel like even that is kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Where they're like It's yeah. like he couldn't say it without laughing. Here's how here's how fucking gritty this is. Yeah. I know what it's- I know that babies taste best. Yeah. <laughs> I know that they taste the best. <laughs> yeah, j- jumping back for a second, you know, your description of the raid sounds exactly like dread too. Oh yeah. Um it is exactly dread. Okay. They're they're the they're the, the exact same movie. Yeah. Um except except the raid has a lot more kung fu. Uh-huh. Um like whereas in dread he's got a gun the entire time in yeah. the raid the, in the raid they run out of bullets really quick. Yeah. Um both are great. Um I wasn't huge on dread. No, I loved dread. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Like it wasn't a, a good movie, but it was a lot of fun. I found it kind of boring. Oh, I disagree. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think for listeners who are uh, who who aren't really into action for action's sake, it might be a little bit more of a letdown. I think if you're just like you dig on action, I, I don't think people would be disappointed at all. Yeah. Dread falls into my Carl Urban theory of movies, where if Carl Urban is in it, it's probably pretty good. That is an interesting theory, because I think that's probably true, in spite (laughs) of the fact that Carl Urban is not good. (laughs) See, I disagree. I think Carl Urban's great. Um, He was in that TV show on Fox that was on for like one season. Um, uh, I don't remember what it was, but like he had like a robot partner he was like a cop and he had a robot partner uh-huh. and and i was like this show looks terrible but carl urban's in it it must be good and i never watched it and it, and it got canceled so i guess that's my fault but <laughs> yeah but um but yeah anything carl urban's in i tend to enjoy oh and and uh and um he is not in this just so we're clear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is not in snowpiercer <laughs> Uh, but you know, this, this movie, um, if it's just a movie about like rising up the ranks and like, it's just like a critique of classism. I don't think the point of it's very important. Um, but there were points in the movie where I'm like, wait, is this trying to make a different point than I think? And I'm just not, you know, watching it at that level. You know, like at the end when he actually uh, gets to the front of the train and it's Ed Harris, like it seems on on at face value, like, oh, well, this guy runs the place and he's just full of shit and he's being a jerk. And, you know, the mm-hmm. and now he dies because <laughs> you know, yeah. he's a bad guy. Mm. Um, but there, were, they, there was like part they- of me. There was part of me that was like, "Wait, is there some like Marxist theory stuff in here that's supposed to be making making you actually question anything?" And then I was like, "I, I don't. If it is, I don't quite get it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Um, I also I also like how Ed Harris is like a, just a totally evil person. Like what they do with those kids. Where they're oh, where like, they stick them in the in the bottom of the train, just cranking them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah. By the way, the train doesn't actually run on nothing. <laughs> it runs on children. <laughs> Here, little kid, climb into the bottom of the train and turn this crank for ten years. 
Well, yeah, and it does. It is sort of a payoff, though, you know, because throughout the movie, you're like, why do they keep measuring the kids this way? Because um, there's this woman with like a. I have an alarm going off in my head right now. Um, oh, I turned it off. Uh, so, so yeah. Throughout the movie, you've got this woman who just keeps measuring people, <laughs> and she comes that, to collect uh, kids and measures the kids. Is that and, Tilda Swinton? No, Tilda Swinton's this like uh, she's kind of the 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 HR person. She does all the the speaking for the power, uh, you know, the power class. Um, who's what's his name? Like Ralphie or something? Fordham. Um. Oh, man, I don't know. R- Reginald? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the guy at the front of the train. Um, Ed Harris? Yeah, we'll call him Ed Harris. So she, uh, she's like speaking on behalf of him the whole time. Wilf- Wilfred. Yeah. They just, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, she, she just keeps referencing him throughout the whole thing. It's like Wilfred has our best interests in mind and Wilfred this and Wilfred that. So she's doing the speaking. And then this other woman with like a yellow outfit who is kind of reminiscent of the the bad guy who's a lady in um the fifth harry potter movie yeah umbridge yeah and so she comes out and she starts measuring kids and then takes them and you're like where are these kids going and then uh turns out they are basically the engine yeah and uh everybody's eating bugs but i don't really know what the bugs are being fed on i guess people also now it's been a while since since i've seen it yeah um and i might be getting confused with a with a different movie but is there like a like a korean guy who like is on drugs or something in this movie like him and his girlfriend his daughter yeah they um he was involved with this the development of the security system and stuff and okay he's sort of in a in a cabinet like that's what I think prison is. They people get stuck in these cabinets. So um, Chris Evans opens up the cabinet, gets him out, and then he's like, "All right, you got to help us get to the front of the train." And each time you get us through a door, you can have a piece of this drug, which is basically, if I understood correctly, it's like freeze dried crap, um, <laughs> like feces. It's some, some sort of waste, but breathing it. I don't know. It they gets call, people high. They call it. They call it freezes. <laughs> I think it is actually called like something like Chrono or Chronos. Um, and the daughter's supposed to be addicted to it too. But at the end of the movie, once they get to the front of the train, it turns out it's actually explosive, and they're using it to. Well, actually, they they keep dropping hints about it. It's got that Chekhov's gun thing going for it because they're like, "Oh yeah, and it's explosive." I'm like, "Why would you be mentioning that right now?" Right. I wonder. Um, so when they get to the front of the train, he's like, "Yeah, we were just collecting it the whole time so that we could blow up this door at the front of the train," um, which you know seems like a bad idea to uh, Chris Evans because he's like, "Hey, you know, we'll die," mm-hmm. um, and then. And then Chris Evans gets to the front. They blow it up anyway, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, but that's that's that plot line. Um, and I feel like the, the whole front of the train thing, it's a, it's a little wonky. Um, and maybe part of it's that, uh, you know, the Chris Evans character dies. And there's like, there's it's just like. 
there's n- it's very unceremoniously. It's almost like, well, here's an explosion, so you're going to assume he's dead. And then these two people walk out. These two kids walk off the train. And there's a polar bear nearby, which, by the way, if there's a polar near polar bear nearby, you're going to get eaten. Like, the, yeah. Unless apparently you're a girl snowboarding listening to Rihanna who doesn't know she's escaping <laughs> a polar bear. You're, you're going to get eaten because they need food and it's rare. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the movie's kind of like, it's very stylistic. Um, and it kind of plays into the humor. And, and uh, again, I, I feel like this could have been made by the people who made the fifth element. Cause there's one point where, and this is probably the highlight of the movie for me, where they're going through this, uh, this room where these kids are being taught. It's like, they're like kindergarten, and uh, and they're watching this movie, this film strip about how great Wilford is, and then they sing this song where they're like, "If the train stops, we all freeze and die. <laughs> if the train stops, we all freeze and die." Um, and that was cracking me up. This is pretty funny. There were there were some issues with the movie where it's just like didn't make sense. Like one thing didn't make sense is like how long this train actually is, yeah. and. There's one point where a guy is shooting, like the train is like going around a curve, and the guy's trying to shoot Chris Evans and the the girl that you were talking about who's using the Kronos from a different part of the train. Uh-huh. And it's like for the train to be bent far enough around for that to happen, you'd have to be pretty far apart. But then in the next like thirty seconds, he's in the car right behind them. Um so that's that you know like logistically doesn't really make sense and then uh guns the the deal with guns here is like oh yeah there aren't the, there aren't actually bullets in the guns but then a bunch of people have guns with bullets in them so it's not <laughs> i mean i it sort of makes sense that like you've got these foot soldiers that you're not necessarily actually arming because you don't want them to use up the bullets at the back of a train um but it's it's weird, and and then later you're like, oh, okay, well everybody has guns up in the front, um, and and the whole Ed Harris thing where he's like, this was all put together, so there's a twist that Ed Harris and is it John Hurt? Yeah, I think it's John Hurt. Yeah, who is this old guy that earlier in the movie is kind of a mentor to the Chris Evans character, and you know sort of leads the rebellion from a from a you know like a informational perspective he's the one giving all the suggestions and stuff like that but then when chris evans gets to the front of the train ed harris is like yeah me and that old guy we put this whole thing together because we wanted you to be the leader of the train and i don't know i found that pretty unsatisfying there wasn't really I didn't feel like there was a very good sense of like why that would be, why they would think that he would take that position and why he would be good at it. It felt like Ed Harris just kind of made that up, but like, but it's not true. Like they really did plan that. Yeah. Right. Uh, It, it, it seems to me like they did. I, I, it, but it feels, I don't know, rushed or nonsensical or something. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, but overall, I, the movie, I enjoyed the movie. Movie's got to end, I guess. 
<laughs> that that is not an excuse for a bad <laughs> ending. <laughs> Don't they get off the train and there's like a piece of grass growing and they're like, I guess we're going to be okay. No, they get off the train and there's a polar bear. There's no grass growing out of the snow? I don't think so. I think it's just a polar bear kind of off in the distance. Um, Kind of walking up the side of a mountain. But I think the idea is the same that like, oh, look, there's life out here. Because the the guy who had been involved in the security stuff explains to Chris Evans that every year when they get around to this one spot, he sees a plane underneath the snow. And that the first time he saw it, it was just the tail part. But then each year, more and more of the plane has been revealed. So he was able to figure out that the snow must be melting. Um, But, you know, I kind of switched which like the which television I was watching this movie on about halfway through. And for the second half of the movie, I was watching it on a TV that was a lot smaller and further away. So maybe there was some grass and I just missed it. Um, but I definitely think that that's what the polar bear was supposed to signify in spite of the fact that what it would, what it actually would, what it would signify is an imminent death for these two kids. <laughs> Everyone is going to die. Yeah. And I guess they're supposed to be the only two people who lived through the train crash at the end. By the way, the train crashes at the end. Well, after it explodes. Yeah. Well, and some of the other stuff that doesn't make sense is this train is just rolling around on normal ass train tracks. And yet it hits these huge chunks of ice that have been like avalanche mudslide type things over the tracks. And it just bursts through them with no problem. The like, train's got one of them cow catcher things in front of it. Yeah, that's how they work. But uh, But that's all I got. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the part of the show where we do our movie rankings list. Uh, we don't have a Marvel bracket? No, I decided I'm going to save that for Spider-Man. Oh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll do that one so Spider-Man. That must be coming out in, what, like three weeks? Three weeks, yeah, I think so. July, at least. Huh. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna Matt's going to do his own Marvel bracket like I did the other week, but we're going to save it for the newest Marvel movie. Yeah, that way it's timely. There are going to be a couple movies that aren't in the bracket because I'm just not going to watch them. Although we could play a, a quick game um, that uh, I tried to set up the other week, but it, but I realized that there are way too many survival movies. So um, let's let's play. Oh, that's right. Survival the of the, the survival movies. Survival uh, <laughs> of the survivalists. Yeah. Um, so Matt. You've seen most of these movies. All right. Uh, you haven't seen Arctic yet. I have not, but I do intend um, to. Um, but so I've got a list of, of five movies here, although I could go, I could do a quick search on the internet and find a lot more, but let's just go with this. Okay. Um, and oh, you have I've... to, okay, I'll put that on the list too. <laughs> <laughs> Alive. All right. Um, so what you're going to have to do is rank them based on which scenario you would like to experience more than others. Oh, okay. Cause I was just going to say none. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So should we just say all of the movies and then you have to pick them or yeah, should, sure. should we go one at a time? All well, right. So- I, no, you know, go ahead and I don't know, put them against, is, is it like a mini bracket thing? 
No, you're just going to like rank them one through f- six. Okay. Uh, and then if while we're talking, you think of another movie, we can add it to the list. All right. This is a really well thought out game. It sounds it. It yeah. sounds extremely organized. All right. Oh, well, you know what? I guess we could. I could do a little bracket. I could do a bracket real quick. Okay. All right. So all is lost. Yeah. Versus Castaway. Oh. I like All Is Lost the movie more, but I feel like I'd probably, my odds of surviving would be better if I actually had an island underneath me, so I'm going to go with Castaway. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Castaway. All right. And then uh, The Martian versus Arctic. Hmm. I am not nearly as smart as Matt Damon's character in The Martian, (laughs) so I'm going to have to go with Arctic. Oh, Although, man. wait, I don't know, you know, because, like, I'm probably going to die either way. <laughs> yeah, and, and at least if I'm dying on Mars, I can go, hey, I got to see Mars. That's yeah. a pretty good, this is what I'm going out on story. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go with the Mars thing. I mean, Yeah, Mars, definitely. And so far, I feel the exact same way about both of your answers. Those Those would be my answers as well. And then we have open water. Versus alive. Uh, okay. So this is where the listeners get in my head a little bit. Because <laughs> I have an ongoing conversation about how when I die, I want to be eaten by sharks. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I mean, if I had a choice, like if I've had a good long life, because it's, it's, you know, who gets the opportunity to know what it's like <laughs> to be eaten by sharks? Um, however, however, <laughs> in spite of the fact that that would be a great story in open water, they're there for a long time knowing that they're going to get eaten. And as much as I'd like to see a shark in person, um, before I go, uh, I don't want to be swimming around wondering where the boat is and knowing that there are sharks in the water for like two days. Um, spoiler alert on open water. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen open you water. You gotta watch that and you should really see upgrade. Um, when you watch upgrade, you're gonna be like, why didn't I get around to that earlier? But anyway, uh, what was the other one? Open water or open water or alive? Well, I mean, I guess with alive, you also have the story of, I ate people. <laughs> right. Like at I least you're, at pe- least in alive you're not going to go hungry. People uh yeah. And um <laughs> and I guess you know who who has the opportunity to say they've eaten a person. But I got to say that just doesn't have any interest to me. Um thank God. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> just terrible. I'm going to go with open water. Although open I don't know, water. you know, you you got people to hang out with. I feel like if I could be in alive but be one of the first to go, you know, and and not eat anybody. Uh-huh. Maybe. No, I'm still going to go with open water. Open water. Okay. All right. Now, while while you were talking, I, I did a quick search on the internet for survival movies and came yeah. up with four other titles that that I've heard of. I was, I was surprised there weren't any zombie apocalypses. Apocalypse? Apocalypses um, in this list. Yeah, there are none in this list that I found here. Although, let me uh, let me hit the old back button and see if another one shows up. Uh, but in the meantime, 
127 hours oh, versus versus The Edge. Wait, is The Edge the one with um, Alec Baldwin and uh, Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, where they they fight the bear or something. I'm going to go with The Edge because I'm pretty sure I'd be better at being eaten by a bear <laughs> than I would cutting my own arm off. And then we've got Into the Wild versus Grizzly Man. Uh, so another getting eaten by a bear or, <laughs> yeah. or poisoning myself with berries. Uh, well, you know, this sets me off on a tangent that I'll take for a moment here. Where just the whole time I saw Into the Wild, I was like, just die already. That kid was so annoying in that movie. I know it's based on a true story, but I'm going to go ahead and hope that the real person wasn't nearly as fucking annoying as the person in the movie. Because that whole time, I like, was just worse. die. Just die. Stop being such a prick to everybody, you self-important, pretentious douche. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with Grizzly Man, because at least then I wouldn't... Well, that guy was kind of... Well... He could get a little pretentious too, but at least he, at least I wasn't watching it wanting him dead. So yeah, I'm going to go with Grizzly Man. Not, not because of the situation, but because of who I would be in the scenario. You, you want to be the, the guy eating five bears in front of his girlfriend? Um, I mean, she got eaten too. <laughs> um, no, good point. All right. I'll be the kid that goes out and poisons himself with berries. At least I'd have a little bit of a vacation hanging out on my own before, you know. Well, and here's the thing about the grizzly man, too. As much as he thought he loved grizzly bears, he got two he got two bears killed doing that. Because the one that ate them got killed, but before they shot that one, they actually shot a different one. Right. And uh, right. I don't think that's included in the documentary, but, uh, but that happened. So, you know, I would like to... Uh, not take out two practically endangered species with me. All right. Next we have gravity versus jaws. 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 All right. Uh, and then finally, I know you would go gravity. You're like, yeah, get me out in space. You get to go into space floating around. Like uh, I- <laughs> go ahead. I mean, you got, Quint getting your dream. Eaten, in half, eaten, eaten in half. Like, that sounds just awful. Uh, I don't know, man. H- having a, Okay, so so imagine it's you, me, and Scott out on a boat versus a giant shark. I could get into that. Um, I mean, I don't want to see either of you eaten. Um, but it's, uh, it's it, I don't know. It sounds like it'd be a good time up until then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on who you are in the movie. Like, are you are you Quint or are you Sheriff Brody or Matt Hooper? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I th- I think I'd have to go with I- I'd probably I don't know which of us is the grouchiest. Whichever one is the grouchiest would be Quint. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day, I guess. Yeah, probably. It uh, depends on if Nick's hungry or not. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm going through this list, and you'll never guess which movie just popped up. Shaun of the one Dead. of the survival movies. What? The Dead Room. Really? Yeah. People know about that movie? It's number 133 on this list of oh, 373 God. movies. Well, uh, imagine that. 
That's too many movies. We're not do we're not ranking all these. Um all right. Next we have The Road versus I Am Legend. Uh I think I'm going to go with I Am Legend on that one cuz I feel like I'd I'd want to take out some of these evil zombies. And I would have a kick-ass dog, but I'll tell you what, man. Once if that dog got bitten, I'm like, fine. I'll just let these vicious evil dogs bite me too, because there's no way I'm killing my own dog. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to hold it. On I am legend. <laughs> you don't want to have to hold a gun to your son's head every five seconds, like in the road. Oh yeah, that too. Uh, that movie is dark, it, and not that compelling. Oh, I disagree. I loved it. Did you? I loved it. I uh, thought it was wonderful. I was just uh, bored. Next up is the Blair Witch Project versus Dances with Wolves. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, the idea of living with a a group of Native Americans for a while sounds pretty cool. Um, Not sure I think of that as a survival movie, but... Uh, <laughs> what was the other one again that doesn't fit the, at all? The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Blair Witch Project, but I'm going to do this in a, it would be a very just self-satisfying way. I would just walk around punching everyone in that movie. I'd be like, <laughs> shut up about the fucking map. All right. And then finally, for real this time. Okay, good. The Shallows versus The Reef. Oh, well, that, I don't know. Hmm. Now, here's the real question. Which movie is which? <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad at least that we're not doing 137 of these. Um, but to end on one where it's like, which kind of shark do you want to get eaten by? Um, uh-huh. Actually, I think in both movies, it's a great white shark. Uh, in in the reef, they are there are people. It's not just one person. I guess in the shallows there are other people for like a minute. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with the reef because in the shallows, that shark seems to be some sort of sociopath who can take a man apart and put him on the beach and try to frame somebody. Oh, man. I don't think I've ever seen the reef. I must be confusing it with 47 meters down. Yeah, no, you haven't seen the reef. Um, I've seen it twice. And the second time I saw it, I realized I had seen it already about halfway <laughs> through. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the reef. The reef, okay. Is the shallows the one with Blake Lively? Yes, I saw that one. That's the one that I was saying. That the shark's a sociopath because he takes apart the one guy. He right. saws him in half and then puts his body back on shore. All right, now this brings us to round two. All right. Oh, good God. Okay. So uh, we got Castaway versus The Martian. I'll go with Castaway. Castaway. All right. Then we have open water versus the edge. All right. So I'm either being eaten by sharks or a grizzly bear. Um, I'm going to go with the sharks. The sharks. Okay. Uh, next is into the wild versus jaws. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I'm gonna go with Jaws. Jaws, okay. Yeah. All right, then we've got I Am Legend versus Blair Witch Project. 
Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with I Am Legend on that one because it's just me and a kick-ass dog, and I don't even have to deal with those people. Okay. And then I did the math wrong, so the reef makes it to round three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. And then... uh, So I got three shark movies to choose from. Uh, All right. So now here's round... Three. Whatever. Next round. Sure. Um, Castaway versus Open Water. Castaway. Just put me on that island. Let me drink from a coconut once I figure out how to get them apart. And uh, Uh, build some fire. (laughs) Jaws versus I Am Legend. Hmm. I'm going to go with Jaws again for the uh, for the sake of the the brotherly camaraderie. Jaws. And why is this? I still have like an extra one here. I think that's going to be the case. I'm just going to get rid of the reef. Continue. I'm going to say Jaws beats the reef, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the reef is out. All right, so final the final round is Castaway versus Jaws. Hmm. So I, do I want to live? <laughs> or, or do I want to hang out with some friends and fight a giant shark? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Jaws. Really? Yeah, but I'd, I'd have to be the Quint, because I'd feel terrible if something happened to you guys. <laughs> Good, so we have to live with your death. Yep, <laughs> enjoy yeah. your guilt. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even they don't even react to that. Do, do they like doesn't, doesn't yeah, no, like, no, no. Dreyfus say what happened to Quint and he's like he shakes his head yeah. and then they're like what day is today? I think it's Wednesday. <laughs> and then they start laughing. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so in your survival of the survival movies game, Jaws is the winner. Congratulations to Jaws. I think Jaws, as long as I'm at the wheel, Jaws is probably going to win any sort of contest ever. (laughs) All right. Well, that was fun. Indeed. Um, Well, then that brings us to our movie rankings list for this week. We each have one movie to add, and uh, I'll go first. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm going to put it in between Ralph Breaks the Internet and The Lego Movie 2 into the new number 35 slot. I'm going to give it two and a half stars, but I will recommend it. I will say, yeah, check it out. It was worth it. And uh, and that's all the movies that I watched this week. (laughs) And I am going to put Snowpiercer. Wow, which my phone wants to capitalize for some reason. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put Snowpiercer in between Bad Times at the El Royale and Pumpkinhead. Really? Okay. My phone autocorrected it to Snow Pie. Oh. Huh. Or my tablet. <laughs> 119. Now, how many stars would you give that? Oh, man. I, I think I'd give it three and a half. And I'm going to say that a half a star right there is that that top half star is just from those kids singing that song. <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing that's a recommend. Yeah, I'd recommend it. All right. Great. 
So we had listener, listener, and occasional show, occasional show host Dan Moran was tuning into the show last week, uh-huh. and he sent me a message saying, uh, "Let me just pull it up." He said he saw uh, John Wick three. Uh huh. And uh, let me pull up what he said. He was like, uh, "Let's see." First of all, he loved our pol- my Pole Dark reference because he's into that show because it's a great show. Uh, but he saw John Wick 3 and thought it was great, and he knows exactly who you're talking about as a useless character. But I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But the reason, yeah. the real reason that I bring Dan up is that uh-huh. he asked, he asked, where can we see your movie rankings? And that's a great question, Dan. If you go to thisweekinfilm.com and you click on like whatever post is at the top, It'll be the uh, the post for the latest episode. If you go into that and you scroll down a little bit, you'll see like the rundown for the the week's episode where it like lists. Hey, at 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 fourteen minutes we started talking about Matt's movie, and then at forty five minutes we started talking about Matt's movie ranking list. You can click on that link and it'll take you right to our letterbox page where you can see our movie rankings list. Uh, so if you've wanted to know how you can find that, that's how you can do it. Uh, otherwise, if you're on Letterboxd, you can just search us as This Week in Film and we'll pop up and you can search our list there. Um, and just so we're clear, um, and, and I may be clarifying this unnecessarily, but I'm hearing Nick through headphones. And so uh, from what I heard, I just thought I'd clarify. It's called Letterbox, not Litterbox. you you probably won't find us at litterbox.com no that's a different we we have an account there but it's it's private that's our porn account (laughs) it's a lot of cat related sex stuff (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um uh matt anything to plug this week uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw out two podcasts for people to oh, check out. Okay. Um, so a few years back, I was hanging out with my friend Erin, and she mentioned to me that she was trying to cut back on how many podcasts she listened to. Um, hopefully, she didn't you know, cut us out of the list. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't think she's ever heard the show. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I knew what she meant, and, and she had said that you know she listened to a ton of po- political podcasts and and i did too and um one thing she recommended is called up first which is like a 15 minute or so episode that just kind of catches you up on what's gone on over the last you know 24 hours or so and um you know it's brief it's it's to the point it's from npr so you know it's pretty good quality uh so up first check it out if you you know don't read the paper in the morning but want the audio version of that um And the other one is a show called The Daily Zeitgeist. Um, Now, this one is not short. The episodes are usually like an hour and a half long. And it's some people who used to work at crack.com talking about stuff that's gone on in the last 24 hours, too. Um, The first 15 minutes or so, you can pretty much skip. So it's two guys. There's Jack and Miles. And then they have a guest who's usually... A comedian or another podcast host from within their, you know, team of podcasts. Um, And for the first 15 minutes, they just ask them these questions like, 
what's what's something you think is underrated and what's something you think is overrated and what's a myth that people believe but you know to be false uh and it sounds entertaining and it is like the first two times but then it starts getting really old so if you skip past that you can just kind of listen to the rest of it and it's not a bad way to know a little bit about what's going on if you're kind of getting old and out of the loop like me uh so you know if there's news in the world of like politics but also you know beyonce and jay-z you can catch up on that there um so it's it's pretty fun Okay, Check and, the, it and it's called uh, The Daily Zeitgeist. Oh, yeah. Up first is the news one that's like actual news. And then The Daily Zeitgeist is more of the... Uh, it's a little more serious than tabloids, but it's, it's, a, it's a mix of... It's kind of like if you watch the Stephen Colbert thing where he does the meanwhile. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's like that. Okay. And the hosts are, are pretty likable. So aside from that 15 minutes at the beginning, um, it's it's pretty enjoyable. It's kind of like having some people to hang out with while you're cooking breakfast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in seeing what Matt has recommend, again, check out thisweekinfilm.com. Uh, there's a link for Midwest Matt Recommends uh, right on the left side of the page. So a quick and easy way to get to all the great things that Matt likes. I feel like I should say something to endorse (laughs) that. You know, I won't be held responsible. Um, No, uh, that's cool. That's it. That's all I got. All right, great. Well, I guess if that's the end of the reel, we will see you next week in film. Thanks for listening.